Welcome back to our podcast series, Angel Investors Access. My name is Paul Jantz. Look, each week I have the opportunity to chat to different people, founders, investors, networkers, entrepreneurs, and delve a little bit deeper into them as individuals um, and try and find out a little bit more about them and share them with all of you being our listeners. Now, today, let me introduce you to our special guest. Um, I have the pleasure of chatting to Ted Richards, Head of Distribution at investment company Six Park. Ted, welcome to Angel Investors Access. How are you, mate? Thanks for having me on, Paul. Yeah, no, it's a pleasure to have you here. Now, for those of you uh, that don't know a little bit about Ted, let me just share a little bit about him. Um, Melbourne lad uh, played AFL footy probably at the highest level, spending time at Windy Hill in Essendon, and at the same time then moved across to Sydney to be a part of a pretty successful Sydney Swans outfit there. 2012 Premiership Defender. And I think early this year, you were also announced as a part of Hall of Fame, mate. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks very much. That must be a nice little honour to go with everything else you've achieved. Yeah, it was actually a, a pleasant surprise. I, um, the, swap, the club asked me if I'd go up to um, uh, present jumpers, which is an honour in, in itself. And um, so I flew up there for a, for a day trip. Um, and um, what I didn't realise is that it was all planned that I'd be uh, presented with... Um, uh, induct, inducted into the Swans Hall of Fame, and they were flying my family up. So oh. I, 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 um, I got there early to the event, as I try to do most events, and um, <laughs> yeah. um, just checked out where I was, I was sitting for the uh, for the event, and I noticed um, a lot of Richards on my my right. and I was like, oh, and uh, just scrolling down, I was like, oh, he's got the same name as my dad, and he's got. I was, and, uh, <laughs> it took a while for the cogs to kind of click in and go. Oh, the family's flying up. What's going on here? And um, someone yeah, pointed yeah. out that uh, uh, there was something else going on in the night too, and yeah, the induction into the, the Hall of Fame. So um, I was incredibly, uh, well, not only surprised but proud of um, you know to, to to have that. So um, yeah, it was it was very nice, and that was that was back in February of this year, and it's incredible how much the world's changed since then. Quite incredible, isn't it? We were talking yeah. about it only recently. I had some friends um, coming down for the Grand Prix and that was the, you know, we, we discussed it only last week. We said, you know what? That was the first weekend of COVID. The yeah. great, they cancelled the Grand Prix on the Friday. Yeah, shit um, got real there quickly, didn't it? Yeah, didn't it? Didn't it just? So, and since then, yeah, look, the good part is we're working towards a, a COVID-free Christmas here in Victoria and Melbourne, which is, which is hopefully what we want. And obviously, like you just mentioned, then family's pretty important, so to be with uh, our family is probably the most important thing that we can be around. Yeah. Now, mate, let's talk uh, footy for a minute and the, probably the lessons. Um, obviously, you've, you've been through some, some, some amazing opportunities, which, you know, some people only can dream about. But tell, tell me some of the lessons you've taken from footy and what you've taken into your business career now. Yeah, well, I think a lot of people assume that football is nothing like investment management where I am right now. But... There is um, actually quite a few um, similarities in that they are both immensely competitive. Um, so, and I think there are some life skills that I learned throughout my football career that can be applied to my next career in investment management. Purely a, a lot to do with the fact that um, it is competitive um, and it's important to um, uh, have an edge where, where you can. So um, if I look back at my time of football, what made me or, you know, what I wanted to build my football career around um, and take those life skills over to my next career is hard work, um, 
attention to detail and having a level of resilience because be it football or investing, you're pretty naive to assume that everything you do is going to be right. Um, yeah, you have your practice, you have a plan. Um, sometimes things don't go don't according to plan, be it um, the first contest, the first quarter, even the first half. Yes. But you can't always just throw out the plan anytime something gets wrong. You need to have um, a routine and ability to bring things back and have a level of resilience to be ha- to handle these times. So, um, yeah, especially if it is just a small moment or, or something where you're, you are tested um, over a longer period of time, uh, where, where there were times over the course of my career, my form really waned and, and I was dropped. And mm. having that resilience to um, do some planning, get yourself back on track, dust yourself off and keep going is, is incredibly important, um, both for football and in other, um, other industries. So they're they're three, but the the other one, which is, um, I'm probably stating the obvious here, is the the benefits of being a part of a great team. Um, My my time at the Swans, um, I was very lucky to be a a part of a a great team where we had sustained success in that uh, I was at the Swans for 11 years. Of those 11 years, we we played football uh, for 10 of those 11 years. And... um, yeah, it's. I think you need to, you know, to be able to lean on other people from time to time. Other people have um, strengths where other people have weaknesses, and and having a team that where that everyone can complement each other, um, the, their strengths and weaknesses is fantastic with sport and football, but it can also be fantastic uh, in the world of investment management too. Yeah, I agree, hundred percent, and it's something that we often talk to our team about as. Um, similar to footy or any other sport as an example, you know, while you, you've got your role to play and that's a really important role to play in business or in sport. Um, and it's how you execute that role with your team members that'll then make you successful. Yeah. Well, Paul Ruse was, was big on saying, just bring your strengths. Um, you don't have to be, and I'll, I'll keep with this footy analogy that I've got here. Yeah. You don't have to be Adam Goods, who uh, is unique in that he is, yeah, very few weaknesses, and he, he excels at so, in so many different areas, or, or a Buddy Franklin, or, or whoever. Um, but yeah. what I can control is bringing my strengths, and and um, and not trying to focus in on on the areas that I'm. Uh, I've been picked to do a job and play a role, as you, as you said, Paul, and um, make sure that I, I deliver on that. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant, um, mate. Let's talk about that after retiring after AFL. Obviously, you've you've joined now an investment company. Six Park, Head of Distribution. What does Six Park do and what does Head of Distribution do? Yeah, so um, I, I, I was always aware that I wanted to, after football, as much as I love my time in football, I wanted to, to move into the world of um, investment management. Um, so I, I studied for 15 years um, and worked for the last six years of, of my, my career. Um, and it was an opportunity to join Six Park um, uh, when I sat down with one of the co-founders and, and, and he, he, t- he told me what they were building. And um, very quickly, Six Park is an end-to-end investment solution for Australians. And, and what I mean by end-to-end, it, it is from the risk assessment and the advice component 
in terms of advice around um, investments through to the onboarding, the execution of trades, but also the management too. So it's that's what I mean by end-to-end. And yes. what it does is it, is it uses technology to keep fees low. So um, typically a traditional model where you might sit down with a professional, they might take you through something like, like the risk assessment, which I mentioned earlier, which is um, quite often um, 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 some questions to determine your individual risk profile. Um, that is typically done face-to-face. We use technology um, to keep costs low for our clients. So, and the costs start from just $9.95 a month. And so there is that, that problem that it solves. There is the technology, but then on top of that, there is this human overlay in that it's not just um, some technology and some software. There's a real yeah. team of people behind it um, with decades of experience managing money that oversee clients' investments. And um, it's headed up by Brian Watson, who's one of the co-founders of the business. Brian, um, he actually um, is a former chairman of JP Morgan, but um, was a founding member of the Board of Guardians for the Australian Government Future Fund. So so he he could see what was going on around the world um, in the wake of the the global financial crisis where there was this real transparency as to people being overcharged for underperformance. And the fact Mm. that that really hadn't played out in Australia, um, probably for a few reasons, one of which was how banks were very resilient through the global financial crisis. Not not a lot changed, not a lot changed. And um, which was great for us, going back then, but what it meant that um, we didn't really have a bit of the clean out that um, uh, other areas of the world had. And I'd say that that clean out has probably occurred uh, in the wake of uh, the Royal Commission that we, we, we saw in, in previous uh, a year or two ago now. So um, so that's that's what Six Park does, um, the problems we solve. And um, as I mentioned, that the human overlay, Brian, um, heads up the investment division and Lindsay Tanner, the former finance minister, is involved, and so is Mark Nicholson, okay. who um, uh, headed up an investment division for the World Bank. Yeah, brilliant. Sounds like a sounds like a good spot. Now, you you, you sort of mentioned, um, you know, you studied. Did you say you studied for fifteen? Yeah, years? Yeah. So um, with fo- fo- uh, football <laughs> being a full time job, I studied part time. Yeah. And so okay. I did a ba- bachelor. Yeah, good. And then I went on to do a masters in applied finance. Oh, brilliant, brilliant. Mate, how important is, you know, as you sort of you look at footy nowadays and uh, to, to have that life after footy and have that professionalism to move into those areas when you think about guys that are retiring at, I don't know, some obviously go on for a lot longer, like, um, I don't know, it's a Gary Ablett or whatever it may be, but then you've got other guys that are obviously retiring in their some in their late 20s. How important is it to have that next stage? Yeah, well, Paul, the, the two examples you, you use then is they're, they're the best case scenarios when if someone's lucky enough to, to get to their late 20s or early 30s. Um, Gary Ablett is truly in the um, fraction of a, the percentile in terms of being able to play mm. till I think he was 37. Um, the average mm. career, a, AFL career, is five years long and around 50 games. So, um, wow. So by no means are you set up for life, um, even if you're probably lucky enough to play to your late 20s or whatever or, or early 30s, but certainly not 
set up for life if you um, have the average career, let alone all the people that um, are churned after one or two years. So yeah, yeah. Um, I, I always kind of had a bit of a, an interest in investing. I never kind of completely felt comfortable being a footballer. I, 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 was, I always had a bit of a fear of failure that I was always kind of one or two games away from getting a tap on the shoulder to say, um, um, thanks, okay. <laughs> you're done. And, it, 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 and, um, <laughs> and that yeah. attitude is pretty you know, consistent um, across the industry. Yes. That it is a, um, if you're after a, a, an industry with job security, um, I think you've got better job security in politics than uh, professional sport. But um, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I, I could see the benefits of, of doing something at it um, by studying and preparing for the next stage. It, it meant that I probably had less stress and pressure on myself because I knew that if at any stage I did get the tap on the shoulder to say uh, I'm done, I've at least put something in place to prepare for the next stage. I, I had no idea whether um, yeah, you know, it, it did take a while to, to get that study, but um, completely done and, and, and the work experience. So it, it, it made me more comfortable and probably a better footballer to know that um, uh, I had that kind of plan that was, um, was playing out if a worst case scenario was to happen. Yeah, so great, great little lessons there if, uh, to all our listeners there. If they're off the younger ones, I know having three boys and I've got one 10-year-old and all he wants to do is play AFL, and, um, but it is so important to have that educational background. So great, great little lesson there. Mate, you mentioned just then um, you always enjoyed investments. What, what do you like about investments? Uh, it's, a, it's a good question. It is, it is a passion. I, um, I think I'm fascinated. I think I'm a competitor. Well, I, I know I'm a competitor. Yep. And um, <laughs> exactly. Investing is a way that I, I can um, um, kind of scratch that itch and challenge myself. Um, uh, yep. Like others, I, I do enjoy making money. Uh, probably not on my loans from there. Um, <laughs> yeah. um, and I think I do have a level of curiosity in that I'm interested in things. I mean, I, 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 I am interested in. Um, um, businesses, be it um, new and exciting tech businesses that are disrupting um, um, old industries, or yeah. or something that is um, at the other end of the spectrum, quite boring and, and just just a fantastic business. And so, I think I think there's a couple of couple of things there that that all all come together to 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 make me have a have a passion for um, uh, for business and investing. Yeah, good. And, and it's a funny thing, you know, we were talking offline um, just before with regards to Anchor and we're using Anchor the app now. And, you know, you know, you mentioned that they sold to Spotify of $140 million. It, it, that's, the, that's the exciting bit that I like, to be honest with you, to, to try and work those. And I know it's harder to pick those little ones that are going to be acquired by Spotify or Zero or Canva or whatever it may be. But um, do, you, do, you, do you like the startup space? Yeah, I, I, I do like the startup space space but probably more from an intrigue area i am I'm, I'm not highly active i um i am an equity holder in six park um uh because i've seen um the huge need um for what six park is providing to australia in the in the fact that 80 yeah. percent of australians cannot afford a level of professional financial help and we're 
if we just look at 2020 as an example, we have been through a global pandemic. Um, and uh, in, you know, one, one of the biggest stresses in people's lives is their financial situation. And the fact that 80% of people may not be able to get a little level of guidance through something like we've just been is not great. So, um, um, mm. and that is, that is an, an, an investment I've made both in my career, but also, also um, um, uh, with an investment. But um, more recently, um, I invested in a, in a company called Heaps Normal, um, which your listeners may or may not be aware of. And that is, um, it's a beer company. And um, it's different in that it's non-alcoholic. And um, I, the reason why I invested in that is I tried it and it is a bloody good product. And <laughs> I, right. I looked into it, you know, probably going back to that curiosity that I had. Yeah. And it's a fantastic team that they've put together. And um, yep. if I look at the problem they're solving, I think it's huge in that um, uh, the, 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 the negative effects that alcohol can, ha- can have on our culture. And, and I, I do think that the um, demographics and, and the and attitude towards alcohol is changing. Certainly, um, Paul, we're, we're probably going through a similar st- stage in life, albeit you might be slightly ahead with your 10-year-old, but I've got a four-year-old, a three-year-old, and a seven-month pre- pregnant wife. I'm up at 6 a.m. Okay. no matter what. And <laughs> yeah, um, I'm with you. as yeah. much as I, I love, you know, full-strength beer and wine, etc., um, I also like being active. Um, and I, I like going for yep. runs and, and walks. And, um, and I also like my health. And um, it's very hard for alcohol to kind of to fit in the way that it, it did, say, in my early 20s. And... Um, so yeah, yes. I, I like catching up with friends and family and, and that social side and and heaps normal has now become a part of my lifestyle where it's it's my beer of choice and I'm not mm. saying it's going to be like that for everyone, yeah. um, but personally I love it. Mm. Heaps normal. I'll check that out. Check that out, listeners. It's uh, yeah, it's a good one. That's a good one. So mate, um, and obviously you've you've obviously you've got your own successful podcast. So it's good to have you maybe on the other side. Um, it's called the Richards report, the Richards report. Sorry. Tell me a little bit about that. Tell me how that all got started. Yeah. And obviously um, I, I think there's a, there's a congratulations. Another congratulations. I think is you've just been uh, nominated as a finalist of Australian podcast awards. Yeah, so, so, so first of well all, done. thank you very much. <laughs> I am, um, I am not media trained. I am a, um, so this is something that, uh, I never kind of, I looked at and thought this is, I'm, I want to be the next Joe Rogan or anything like that. And it's certainly, certainly I'm not. <laughs> um, um, I probably started the Richards, the podcast for two reasons. I, one, as I've touched on earlier, I love investing. I've got this passion for it. Um, when I retired from football uh, back at the end of 2016, um, I had a bit of time off. I had about um, a few months off and I just um, I had a newborn son and I just take him for, for walks around um, Centennial Park in Sydney a lot. And I just listened to podcast over yeah. after podcast about investing. This is, this is back four years ago. And, and a lot of the podcasts okay. I was listening to were, were American. Um, 
and I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with those podcasts. They're great, but I always thought there's a bit of a need in the market um, for some Australian content that's a bit more specific about uh, the ASX, what's going on here, and um, maybe point to some people that are doing some interesting things. Uh, Australians doing interesting things here domestically and abroad, and that's yes. why I started it. I was not so confident that... Um, um, there'd be a fourth or a fifth episode. I thought I'll, I'll start it with a, you know, with a couple of episodes. And if, if no one's listening in, I'll, um, uh, I'll, I'll pretend it never happened. <laughs> and, uh, um, that, um, fortuitously it, it got a, it got a level of traction. And, um, I, um, yeah. Paul, you, you do them weekly, don't you? Yeah. I'm, I'm in awe of people yeah. do them weekly yeah. because it, it does, it does take up more time than you think. I, I, um, I only produce one episode a month and I hear that that's not an, enough okay. to, um, for, for many people that do like the, um, them dropping weekly. But, um, for me, I do, do them monthly. So, uh, uh, yeah, that's the story behind why I started it. And, and I love that. Love it. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. So, um, in terms of, let's say some of the people you've been doing. So how many episodes have you oh, done? Probably around 50. Yeah, I think I've raised the bat. Oh, brilliant. Oh, how good's that? Wait, um, so, so, so tell us about one of the people that you've, that you've interviewed um, or sort of probably one of the biggest names on the podcast. Obviously, it's, it's about investing. I'm, I'm, that's what you've spoken about. So probably who's been one of the um, best that you've been able to learn from? Because that's what I love about this. I, I love chatting to people because I tend to learn things along the way, whether it's a, you just mentioned there, heaps yeah. normal or that's what I love about it. I, I, I love the continual yeah. learning yeah, aspect. Yeah, you're of it. exactly right. I, um, I love listening to podcasts when I'm, um, when I'm exercising and that way I can, I feel like I'm, uh, I'm achieving two things at the same time. I'm learning, but I'm also, uh, Spot on. Uh, uh, getting yeah. but anyway, um, if I had to, um, say my, my biggest guess or, you know, um, you know, officially name drop yeah. as best I can. Um, it'd probably be <laughs> Scott Galloway, which um, your, your listeners may be familiar with, who's um, a professor at NYU, but he's probably become more of a, a brand in himself off the back of some of his podcasts, in particular Pivot. Um, Scott probably rose to global prominence when he was the one that called out some of the um, dodgy reporting and valuations around WeWork going back, oh, I, I think, it, well, let's call it right. three years ago, he, when SoftBank yeah, yeah. Um, was really just lapping up at anything that Adam Newman um, was, was, um, yeah. was talking about. Um, Scott was the one that first kind of, you know, not just kind of waved a red flag, but um, just shot it out there as, as much as he, he could about the questionable business model that it is and um, and really brought down one of the greatest um, like it was it's really been a historic um, fall from grace that we, I think it, we we will look at so in true decades to come for what happened. Um, when exuberance got the better of people that were able to write huge checks. Yep. Yep. That's brilliant. You know, look, and I, I, I agree with you. Um, and I, I suppose you don't, 
it, the, that model as well, you don't really, I, I was lucky enough to get exposed to it a little bit because yep. we had offices overseas. So whether it was in LA or whether it was in London or, and we were, you know, Singapore, we were using a lot of the WeWorks. Um, and that's when you start to get sort of um, aware of the model and how it works. And the, the, the acquisition was massive and obviously investment was then massive and, you know, yeah, it, it all came undone, didn't it? And and now that that whole yeah, and it's a big question mark. It's on going it. to be interesting if it can. I won't say reinvent itself, but it's got if the, that has got some tailwinds out of the fact that people now no longer it looks to be be in the office five days a week. And can this? Yes. Um, you know, we all need a bit of luck in life from time to time. Um, a place that can provide ability for colleagues to work together in person two to three days a week and not have to um, take the hit of, uh, you know, full-time lease like people once did um, could, could actually bring the WeWork model back. Mm, mm. Yeah. Look, I think there's a, there's, there's obviously a lot of yeah, smaller I'm, ones out there. We work, we've got a private um, that office are trying to hub that is very similar and it's an Australian provider. Yeah. There and you go. I couldn't speak yep. more highly of yep. um, what the amenities and um, how much we enjoy working there. Um, so by no means do yes. I, I, I want to say that this is a, um, a whack at um, the quality of service or anything like that. It, it is more so just some of the risks around the, the, the risks that come with um, these businesses signing huge leases and, and um, uh, how they how they get the return on investment on that spot on so that's that's that you know that's an investment lesson right there so those are the important things for anyone that's listening to this that is going to invest to actually find out and that's a part of I call it the due diligence process so if you're going to go through that whether it be um, heaps normal or whether it be a WeWork, it, it, it doesn't matter that the same process should still take place in terms of due diligence. So I think that's yep. really important to understand the risks. Um, mate, have you had a challenging guest? Most, uh, most challenging? Well, te- tech always presents its challenges <laughs> in that um, we, we, you know, Paul, we okay. did touch on the fact that um, recording podcasts remotely is a nut that um, a lot of software developers haven't been able to crack just quite right <laughs> yet. Um, um, so especially over four years, um, some of these software have moved a lot and it looks like Zoom's, um, you know, also a, a quality um, provider. But I'd say Scott was probably, well, certainly one where I got the most nervous. But when I sat down with Scott, I was actually in New York at the time, so we could do it in, in person. And, yeah, it was, it was great. Oh, and uh, yeah, 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 we had a... He had a dead. He had a quick turnaround, as you can appreciate. He's, you know, he's, he's a busy person. And um, um, correct. I was sitting down. Uh, I can't remember. It might have been forty-five minutes or something like that. I had allocated to to speak with him, and he, he walked in like five or ten minutes yeah. late. And um, so I was like, "Oh, I've already lost a bit of time there." I started asking him questions, and he just didn't want to. An- he didn't want to answer them. Not in a. Not from a. He's a rude point of view. He had questions for me that he wanted. Yeah. He was intrigued about in terms of my background and um, um, life in Australia wow. and what's going on. And and um, uh, it came out about um, football and AFL. And he was like, "Oh, you know, tell me about this game." And I kind of looked down at my watch and I was like, 
shit, you know, I'm more than halfway through my allocated time and I, yeah, people don't want to listen to Scott Galloway talk about me. Yeah, so I, I got pretty nervous there and I kept on trying to pivot him back to, back to um, you know, some of the uh, interesting topics. Um, and it, anyway, long, long story short, um, he ended up, we just sat down for ages and um, um, afterwards he was keen to, to uh, he was asking about afterpay, and so he's he's um yeah was once again very curious person. Yeah, 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 brilliant, 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 mate. Um, just just to head back to footy for a second before we get to something that I saw appear in the Herald Sun that you posted on socials as well. So, what do you think in terms of footy? Who's been probably the most influential person? I know you mentioned Rusey. Um, has there been someone from a Call it your your footy career and your business career that's come together to be the most influential. Yeah, uh, I was lucky enough to play professionally for sixteen years, and you you meet a lot of people um, over a sixteen year career. So, um, mm. if I had to say um, one, I think I had five years at Essendon, and during that five years, it was it was a period where I was probably at my lowest low in that. Um, uh, I just couldn't get back in. And there was a, an assistant coach by the name of Robert Shaw that was probably um, gave me some time and, and, and kind mm. of helped me uh, align my focus uh, on where it needed to be um, to ensure that I, I just, to use the line, you know, one week at a time and focus in on, 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 the, on what I can control compared to what I can't control. Um, so when I do look back, that, that he would yep. be probably someone that, that did help. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I, for, I actually forgot he was at Essendon, yeah. Now, recently I saw you appeared, uh, there was a headline in the Herald Sun talking about how to yep. invest in a volatile pandemic. Obviously, we're, we're, you know, we've gone through that. We don't know how much longer we're going to go through that. Yeah, so um, tell me a little bit about um, that. reached out to ask about... Um, you know, investing in in the in the midst of a global pandemic, as you said, and I, I um, um, he only um, used uh, a part of what I said, and I think it's not so much about the investing that's important during these times. It's it's what you what you've the pre planning that you've done before you invest, and I, I think the 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 line that best describes this is a is a quote by I think it's Abraham Lincoln that said this about. If you give me seven hours to chop down a tree, I'll spend the first six sharpening my axe. So, yeah, I, I, um, how I think it's important for investors, you know, to, to keep with that analogy is to sharpen their axe is before they invest, there's some important work that needs to be done. And that is, one, write down your goals. Um, this will be important for a few reasons, one of which is it'll probably help determine your time horizon because... If you are investing for retirement and you're in your 30s or 40s, it is very different to investing if you're trying to get into the property market in the next few years. That is a completely different time horizon and your goals need to be reflected in that. So if you want to get in the property market and you're thinking about investing in startups, uh, I think there's a bit of a disconnect there. So um, the set, the set, yep, and good point. I should good say. Point. I should provide all the necessary disclosures that this is not um, personal advice, et cetera. Um, uh, this is just for <laughs> educational purposes yep. only. The, 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 the second item is um, yep. 
to invest appropriate according to your risk profile, and which is very similar to that first step, which I um, I touched on about um, investing for your goals and taking yes. into account your investment horizon. But your risk profile, it's it's naive to think that just because someone's the same age or they look the same, that we've all got the same appetite for risk. We all need to pass the sleep test. Otherwise, the investment strategies is not going to work because you're going to wind up a nervous wreck. So um, how do you determine your risk profile? Things like mm-hmm. your investment experience, your appetite for risk. Um, um, once again, your investment horizon. Putting, putting all this together to determine what is a suitable investment strategy for the medium to long term. And um, uh, the third point, which I, which I mentioned in the article, is the importance of diversifying. Because as exciting as it may be yes. to look at um, uh, what's hot right now, um, be it lithium stock, a cryptocurrency, uh, where, where are we at right now? A buy now, pay later um, stock. I, it's you know we have, we all yeah. have this recency bias where we, we we get allured to these big double digit numbers and and try and fast forward that forward and sometimes that will work and sometimes it won't but um uh you know spreading your investments not just over multiple asset classes be it um, Aussie and international uh, in equities um, infrastructure property etc but also diversifying globally too because so many of Australians have this large home country bias in that um, we love property and we love blue chip shares and so many Aussies just go, I'm going to buy Australian property and invest in Aussie banks and happy days. But it's all well and good until um, a global pandemic hits and, you know, banks start cutting dividends, et cetera. So, um, so the, those would be the three main tips that I'd um, I'd recommend people to take into account before they invest. Yeah, what a what a great again. Just um, I know I often talk about little golden nuggets and little pieces. Everything I do, I tend to take away. You know, one thing away, or the one percent learn one percent every day and get better, and that compounding effect. And I suppose to all of our listeners, there you've you've, you've been given a lot throughout the last probably. 35 minutes or so from Ted to, to work through all those little areas. So there's three little nuggets, which I loved. So fantastic. Thank you. Mate, before we wrap up, um, and I've got to let you go, but um, mate, outside work, outside um, footy, what do you yes, love doing? I touched on earlier with a four-year-old, a three-year-old and a, a pregnant wife. We're expecting our third. Um, times, <laughs> times getting, uh, free time's getting smaller and smaller. So, uh, I do, I do love spending times with the kids, but if there was, a, um, you know, if I've ever kind of got a bit of a moment, I like getting outdoors. I, um, I've got into running and, um, uh, as I mentioned earlier too, uh, you know, more often than not with, um, a couple of AirPods in listening to a podcast or two, um, I live in Melbourne, yep. but I do love surfing. So, um, this, um, urban surf just near the Tullamarine airport, I've been there a couple of times and I love it. Um, but in oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, outside of that, and yeah. people this is probably going to raise a few, uh, I don't know, questions. But I've got two beehives um, that I love, and yeah. um, I've also um, kind of I love getting outdoors and cooking, and I even love sourcing my own produce. So like, 
I've started learning mm. about mushrooming and, and things like that. So, um, uh, yeah, that's me. There you go. Beehives. Um, and the old um, surfing down at Tullamarine. Yeah, that's yeah. A, what, a, what a clever little concept that is. Um, because I saw, I saw it about maybe six or seven months ago, or maybe a year ago now when it first maybe opened. And I thought, very, very clever. I think they had Kelly Slater here at the time, you know. So it was, um, yeah, clever. Well, good work, mate. That's, that's good to hear. So good luck with uh, the birth of your third. I think, um, you know, having three yep. children myself, it's always the next level of challenge. And, you know, when we had friends who <laughs> used to say, well, you've had three, why not go for four? And, uh, yeah, I think it's time to wrap up. We tried to go for the for the girl, and we got the third, you know, the well, third uh, boy. And oh, thanks. Uh, we're I, good with I, that. Um, so, yeah, well, good luck with that. Someone said that. Yeah, you sorry, know, going go. from two to three, we're going to be switching from um, man on man to zone defense. But um, if you're going from three to four, I assume you're going from zone <laughs> to being double teamed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so true. Yeah, brilliant. Well, mate, thank you. Thank you very much for joining us and sharing a little bit more about you, um, obviously about Six Park, how you get involved, what you do, and more importantly, just your loves and how the Richards reporters obviously gone from strength to strength. Um, good luck with the awards as well. And to all of our listeners, um, ladies and gentlemen, thank you. Um, thanks for, again, tuning into Angels Investor Access. Hopefully plenty of things to take away. The great part is, again, your podcast, you can go back, you can listen, you can listen to it again. I love listening to, there's some that I really enjoy that I listen to three or four times. It's a bit like watching a movie, you pick up things and um, after the third and fourth time that you may not have heard or seen the first time. So, Ted, thanks, thanks, very thanks much, for Paul. joining us and have a wonderful day, mate.